0: You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. (laughs) Hey guys, producer Darren here. Have you heard? Cindy Stewart has a new book. It's called New Moves of God. This book will open your spiritual eyes to see what God is doing so you can position yourself to be part of one of the most significant invasions of world culture in kingdom history. It will empower you to step into God's moves as he releases new anointings and new assignments that will far surpass your wildest imaginations. If you're a listener of her podcast, I'm sure that caught your attention. You can get your hands on that book right now. Just visit cindy stewartcom or check out the link in the description or show notes. Again, that's cindy stewartcom the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. So this morning, uh, I'm going to work on offending all of you, so get ready. We have chocolate in the back when I get done, so, you know, you don't have to worry about it, Uh, but I will tell you that, do you really know Jesus has been on my heart For, for weeks, for months maybe, and I have just been so burdened with people I meet, people I counsel, people I pastor, really knowing Jesus, and you think, well, you're a pastor, you should be burdened about that, but it's something's different I feel like something's different. Do any of you have that just kind of hunger to make sure people really know Jesus? I think it's a move of God on the hearts of his people to help others really know who Jesus is. And like I said, it has just been burning in me, and I think what happens when God puts something on your heart, then he begins to show you the reality of what people don't know about Him. So all of a sudden, I start encountering people that have and that have these beliefs about Jesus that aren't really true. And, uh, and they have this skewed image of God. And you just want them to have the reality of who Jesus is. And so the songs we sang today, we're just glorifying his name. We're declaring the blood. We're, we're just saying that Jesus is king, that he is holy, that he is worthy. Because as we declare, we know it becomes us. It becomes a part of who we are. And I've just have been burning with this for the body of believers to know who their Messiah really is. And you know, we're all on a journey, and God reveals Himself more and, more and more more and more to us as we go. So it's not like when we get saved, we know everything. We know that's not true. But what what I do know is when we get saved, it is a journey of pursuit and discipline and and time spent with him to know who he is. You can't say, I'm saved. And know who Jesus is 20 years down the road if you're still living out of the salvation that you had, right? And we've all been there. I mean, I know that when I was, I was saved when I was nine. And I knew Jesus as Savior, but I didn't know Jesus as friend, as Lord. You know, I just didn't know. And those things all grow. But um, like I said, I really feel like it's a move of God for all of us to Get to know him better, number one. And number two, help others get to know him better. And um, I just just know that's what God's doing. He wants a body of believers who can stand up against the darkest days because we know who he is and we know what he wants so the darkness does not overcome us because we're the light that overcomes the darkness, right? So We're going to start with some basic stuff. We're going to start in Colossians. Does anybody know where that is? (laughs) Colossians 3. And I think we read a little of this a couple weeks ago. Like I said, it's just been so on my heart. This is a little bit hot, Noah. Please, if you turn it down just a little bit. When I can hear myself breathe, I know it's a little bit hot. Okay. So, Colossians 3, 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of earth. That is Jesus 101. We are setting our minds on the things above, not on the things of earth. For you died... Well, hidden with Christ, oh, wait a minute, let me go back. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. So think about this. That I mean, like I said, this is like Jesus 101, that when we are saved, we are hidden in Christ and Christ in us. So there is a oneness that occurs between us. Let's skip down to verse 12. It said, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, that's us. We are the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also must do. Forgiveness 101. That is a Jesus 101. It might even be in college, a 099 remedial class. You know, it is the very basic of being saved. The basic. But above all these things, put on love. Basic. Love. We are saved out of love. Yes, we're saved by the blood. We're saved by the death. But it is out of love that all of that even occurred. 101, forgive. Things on above. Basic, love. Which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God, peace is basic. That's, that's basic. The shalom of God. Jesus is the prince of peace. Rule your hearts to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Thanksgiving, basic, basic. You can count how many times I'm going to say basic in the first 10 minutes. But it is. It's just the basic foundational. This is what the cross is. This is the basic of God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Praise, praise to Jesus, worship in Jesus, and whatever you do in work or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father, I mean, to God the Father through him. I mean, those few verses are really where we begin as Christians. We begin there. And uh, it's funny because... When we think about let the word of Christ dwell in us. I mean, the living word dwells in us. The written word who is the living word dwells in us. And that is what we have to live out of is the word. And that's what I'm going to talk about, because it really is just the prerequisite of being saved is we have to repent of our sins, be born again of water and spirit, and live out of love, forgiving one another, just the basics of Jesus. Um, you know, it's interesting. Never mind. I'm not going to go there. Okay. So we're going to be born again, right? Is everybody born again? If you're not born again, we're going to get you born again today. <laughs> because we don't give a cross message without giving a cross invitation to join Jesus in the life that he has for you. So you keep that in your heart. Uh, John 3, 4 through 5 says, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. We have to be born again. Right. So once we have been born again, our old man has died yes. and our new man has been resurrected. And I was talking, I had uh, coffee with Debbie Koford the other day and she we were talking about old-timey altar calls. In fact, the, some of the worship songs were like OG, the original old-timey because you can't, it's hard to find cross-driven songs right now. Uh, and really acknowledging the blood. So we were having coffee. And she says, yeah. She says, I remember ta- hearing an older man. She says, I was younger. Talk about altar calls. And when they gave altar calls, people literally came to the altar. They got on their knees. They repented of their sin. They were prayed over, baptized in the spirit. And, and the people praying over them didn't let go of them until they were ready to come up a new man. We didn't say, you'll catch up one day. We said, no, you have died and you're resurrected as a new man, as a new person in Christ. And sometimes we have to remember what we're called to do. We have to remember what we're called to do. And it's to bring, sin out life in and send you on your way, born of the spirit, born of Christ, focused on the things of heaven. You're like, I already know that. That's okay. I'm going to tell you more about it. The other thing I'm going to talk about is chronic sin. Chronic sin. If you have chronic sin in your life, it's got to go. If you are born again, that sin has to bow down to the name of Jesus. And if it's something you can't get rid of, then you're going to need help getting rid of it. Whatever it is, you might need help. And there's no shame in that. That's the reason there is a body of Christ. You might need extra prayer. You might need deliverance. I was at a conference this weekend. Uh, Michelle went with me. We uh, had a lot of fun praying with people. But one of my friends from South Florida was there and she was having me come up and help her. And On Thursday morning before I went, I had a terrible anxiety attack. And I'm like, anxiety is not my thing. So I don't know why I'm having, I'm asking the Lord what's going on. I have my intercessors start praying for the conference. And uh, a girl comes up and she was riddled with anxiety. And I knew it was like a heads up from God of that that was coming, and I was able to pray over her, get her delivered from her anxiety and you could see her it 's like she it was like all the this melted off of her as she began to rise up out of this anxiety. And and that's what God is saying is, you know, we need each other. So if there's chronic sin in our life, we have got to get rid of it. We cannot say, well, I've always been like that. We can't say, well, that's part of something I'm trying to work through. It may be part of something you're trying to work through. But if you aren't actively working on it to get rid of it, to be cleansed from it, then we got to get you working on it. And I'm not saying it's any of you, any of the web church, anybody listening. I'm saying somebody out there is going to hear this. But this is a serious situation because we know that chronic sin brings the enemy's partnership into our life. It does. It brings the enemy's partnership. And you've got to find a mentor. You've got to find someone to help you. You've got to set up a prayer time to get prayer. We've got to get that sin out because sin cannot be our shadow. It can't be what we're reflecting to other people Um, because it will kill us. It will kill us. It will keep us from having the life that God has planned for us. And when we sin, it should surprise us. We are born again people. We've been paid, bought, cleansed by the blood. So if we sin, it should be a shock to us. And um, you know, that sounds funny, doesn't it? I was playing tennis a couple of weeks ago, and we were playing this tough match, and we were in, I don't know if it was the playoffs or not yet, but uh, me and my partner, and all of a sudden, this curse word came out of my mouth. I stopped because I was shocked, but the funny thing is, who is not a born again believer, she stopped, and she said, what did you say? You don't ever say stuff like that. I said, I don't know. I don't know what, but you know what? That's what should happen. When we sin, not only should it shock us, it should shock the people around us because they know that that's not who we are. They know, and I I repented and then hit the ball again. But, you know, but it was just, you know, when you catch something that is not your norm, that you know that you've been delivered from, that you've been bought and made free and been paid a price for, it should shock you. It should, you should say, hey, that is not me. It's not my character. It's not who I am. It should shock us. And if it doesn't shock you, then you need to get on your knees and say, Jesus, make my sin shock me. Let me have some spiritual electrical shock to get that sin out of my life. Because sin is not our friend. In no way is it our friend. Okay, we're going to go to John 1. You guys okay? You guys okay? Yeah. John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did did not comprehend it. Those who are not born again, who don't know Jesus, they have not comprehended the light that has been sent to them. And that's what we pray, God. Open up their hearts to see the light of Christ. And we also pray, God, open us up. With your light to examine anything that is not whole and pure and beautiful to you, right? So our mandate in this hour is to not only bring revival to the body of Christ, but as the body is revived, the harvest will see a light of Jesus shining through us. They will run in the doors of the church. They will run into your house because they know that there is a presence that they are hungering for and that they have been called to. They will know. Yay. My door is open. So probably not from, you know, nine to five in the morning. But, you know, think about it. This really is that if you read Acts, that is what happened. The presence of God was so strong that people would run. People would lay their sick in the street. They would do anything to get near the holy people of God that was releasing the presence that would transform their life and heal their sick and raise their dead. They would do anything. Are the people around you saying, I'll do anything to be next to you because of who you carry? Because when you're near me, I may not know Jesus, but I know It's different when you are near me. That's what we want. We want our coworkers to say, can I move my desk over near you? I just seem to work better. I'm I'm more successful. My neighbor knocking on the door. Hey, I just wanted to hang out for a little bit. I have this sweet lady across the street. She's a grandma. She's, I think she's, I don't know, 79, great grandma. But um, she just loves Jesus. And she walks up and down the street loving Jesus. And everywhere she goes, everybody she talks to, she just loves Jesus. And you want, last time she was walking the street, I was like, hey, come on over. I'm like, I want your phone number. And she's like, okay. I said, well, we're neighbors. She loves Jesus. We love Jesus. And you know, if we ever need anything or you ever need anything, you can just call us. Because we're banding together for our street to love Jesus. And, you know, all it takes is one across the street, one on this side of the street, and we're going to get them all. But there's such an urgency right now for us to really know Jesus and really be able to display him. Uh, Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. I'm thinking ahead. For, through, for though by this time you ought to be teachers... You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only in milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. And he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil because they have fed on the meat of the word. Not on the surface skimming of Christianity. We've got to learn to feed on the meat of the word. We have to be able to digest the hard stuff. We've got to be able to do hard things in order to be transformed by Christ. We have to do the hard things. So there's three areas that I'm going to share with you that have really been burning in me. And I'm actually uh, about to do a class on doing spirit-led preaching because I feel like there are people called. I know there are. When we did our conference at Deeper, uh, when I was speaking, I, ju- I asked, does anybody feel like they're called to preach the gospel? And there were probably 50 or 60 people that stood up. Well, if they're called to preach the gospel, then they need to be equipped to preach. And so I'm doing a class on uh, spirit-led preaching. But there's three areas of knowing Jesus that have really been on my heart. The first one is understanding the whole word in context, not in a soundbite. We are a soundbite Christianity where we have our favorite soundbite and that covers everything. except the understanding of what it actually means. And yes, there are times when God will prophetically give us a verse that out of context is going to be released to mean something in that hour. But we also have to understand the context of what that scripture means and how scripture interprets scripture throughout the word. So you can take your favorite scripture and ask the Lord to begin to take you through scripture and show you the bigger picture of what he's spoken to you. Everybody has a life verse, right? Take your life verse and let it, un- let it unfold in a greater meaning. And many of you may have done this by searching the whole word to understand what the life verse is for you. And I'm going to give you an example of this because, um, you know, it's not really understanding the whole scriptures takes time. You know, we would love to just hold the Bible up and say, do it. But there is, there's growth that comes from learning the word. And every time we study the word, another part of it is unfolded. And yes, there's speakers we listen to and different people we listen to, but they are not the revelation that God wants us to have of the word. They may be a revelation, but God is inviting us to reveal the scripture to us. And it's not about gaining knowledge. It's about gaining knowledge. An understanding, a knowing, a relationship with who Jesus is. Who is he? Who is the Father? Who is the Holy Spirit? Who are they as one? How does that work in the framework of the scripture that I'm reading right now? And I'm just going to give you an example. Because it really is kind of, um, and it's a very simple example, but I I just want to give us something so we can think about So one of the favorite scriptures is Philippians 4.9. And God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now that's a favorite scripture. We use it a lot. But in context, Paul is talking to the Philippians saying, thank you for supplying my need. And as your apostle, I am telling you, I am pronouncing this over you that God will supply your need out of the supply that you've given for me. So in context, yes, this word, and we can go through a lot of different interpretations of even Philippians four, chapter four, but in context, Paul is releasing an apostolic blessing over them out of their blessing of him. So if you go back and just read that one section, there's several other things that are happening there, but that's just one out of that section. So Paul is is telling them that out of his authority as an apostle, I am releasing the blessings over you, the need that you have, the supply that you have through Christ Jesus In response to what you supplied to me. And it does help you have like a different thought process when you read it. And even when you say that scripture. So in context, it looks different. But as we go back and say, okay, Lord, that is your scripture. Take me through the word and teach me what that means. And just, we're just going to use this one tiny frame of reference So, Paul is blessing them. In 1 Kings 17, the widow supplies food for Elijah. And Elijah releases out of his authority the declaration that her bin of flour will not be used up and her oil will not dry up. So, As God unfolds a context to us, from the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, there is a supernatural supply that came out of Elisha's mouth over the widow because of her supply to him. So that is just one tiny frame of reference in saying that God will supply all your need. And if you go through from the beginning of Genesis and said, this is going to be my thought for the next six months, I'm going to go through and study what it means to be supplied by God all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And you will find that it's not only physical supply, it's supernatural supply, it's spiritual supply, it's wisdom, it's understanding. If you go through and proof text that one verse in the full context of the word, you will be amazed at the revelation you will have of Christ Jesus. Amen. And that's what we have to do. We have to understand the context of the whole word, which means we have to read it. That's that's kind of that's that 099 class. We got to read it. And we've got to read it with the intention of knowing Jesus and having the revelation on the word that he has for us to know and understand the context in which he's drawing us to that word. Amen. So that's number one. I feel like right now we've got to know the word, but we have to also know the context of the word. Okay. The next is lenses. We have to understand what lens we are reading through. And I did talk about this a little bit uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. We're going to go to Matthew 12. Does this make sense to you guys? Okay, Matthew 12, verse 9. So, this is going to seem a little bit awkward, but we're going to read it anyhow. Now, when he had departed from there, he went into their synagogue, and behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And he asked him, saying, is it lawful to heal on Sabbath? We know that's a trap, so that they may accuse him. Then he said to them, what man is there among you who has one sheep, and if he falls into a pit on Sabbath, will he not lay hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. Now, uh, we can all say we're not Pharisees. You can say that out loud. But what I want you to understand here is they were looking for something To come against Jesus. Many times when God is moving and we don't understand the way he's moving we become the Pharisees against the move of God because we don't understand that God is doing something that we can't explain, but he is doing it. And it doesn't mean that there aren't false movements. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that we know the word well enough. We know God well enough to recognize when he's moving. And so we step into the awkwardness and the uncomfortableness instead of pointing our finger at it and begin to pick it until it bleeds. We have to understand that we look at the word. We read the word through lenses. It's the lens on what we think it should say. It's the lens of what we've been taught. And it's the lens of what we disagree with. And when we look at the word that way, it skews the interpretation which skews the image of God. And we all know that, and I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago, you know, our grandmothers taught us things, our parents taught us things, and it wasn't they were trying to derail us. They taught us what they knew. And uh, we've been in churches that taught us things that when we came out of that church and had some revelation from God, we realized that it might have been partially true, but it wasn't all true. I remember when... (laughs) Our kids were just babies. We started going to a Presbyterian church. And um, it was Christmas. And he's up doing the a Christmas message. And he says, let me just tell you right now. I just can't believe in a virgin birth. We're kind of like, you know, it's Christmas, right? You know, you know, that's part of the Christmas story. And he goes on to expound. And so, you know, this is not really about him. It's about he had not have a revelation of that. And that's like kind of those 101 things. That's like an old 99. And uh, when you say that in front of all your people, your people are like, you've got some that knows the word, knows what the word says, and they're like, Uh, Pastor, maybe we need to talk afterwards, but you've got some that are new believers that are just learning and all of a sudden they are leaving that church thinking there is no virgin birth because my pastor said there wasn't. So that part of the Bible, when I read it, it's almost like it's been marked out. So we have to understand where is the misinformation that I need a revelation on. And you may not know, but as you read the word, if you'll ask God, God, show me if I'm reading this through a lens of misunderstanding, of misinterpretation, of misinformation, of miseducation, show me because I need a revelation because most people will not get a revelation because you tell them they're wrong. Most people will get a revelation because they've said, I have to know the truth, Jesus. And when you tell Jesus, I have to know, you know what? He's going to show you. He's not going to withhold something from you that you are longing to know the truth about. So we have to understand, we do read scripture through lenses. But Jesus can remove our lenses and give us 20, 20 vision over the word, right? Right. So as you pray, as you read the word, ask the Holy Spirit, just if I'm doing, if I'm reading this through a lens that isn't accurate, then fix me because that's his job. It says the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. He is the spirit of truth. So that's the second thing. So y'all get to hear my ranting. The third thing we have to understand what stops at the cross and what goes through the cross. Not everything from the old covenant goes all the way through to the new covenant. And a perfect example, because we are in Holy Week, a perfect example is that the blood sacrifice of animals stops at the cross because Jesus is the final sacrifice and blood will never be shed again for the forgiveness of sins. So that stops at the cross. And we have to understand that not everything in the Old Testament is going to move into the New Testament because Jesus, Jesus, John the Baptist, the last Old Testament prophet, though he was in the New Testament, that's what it says. So we have to understand that if you're trying to be an Old Testament prophet, you've gone past the place of permission. Because the cross has stopped that. It doesn't mean that the Old Testament prophets won't speak to us. It doesn't mean that there are things still to be fulfilled from that. But it does mean prophecy has changed the way it operates. Because the blood of Jesus has set the standard. Right? So we have to understand that. And a a simple example, another simple example I'm going to give you, um, and I'm not going to talk forever, but I just feel like this is so important for us to get, guys. We have got to get this. We have got to be the leaders, the mind molders for the kingdom of God. And we can't mold someone's mind if we don't know the God we proclaim as our Savior. We cannot be a mold minder, a mind molder, whatever that is. So there's one other one. This is just something just to think about. Sometimes what is in the old covenant is presented different in the new covenant. We have the Ten Commandments, right? Well, there they are. I'm not going to repeat them all. But as we move in, Jesus says... What is the most important commandment? I mean, he's asked, what is the most important commandment? So the Ten Commandments are rolled into three things. You love God, you love your neighbor, and you love yourself. That takes care of, I'm not going to murder, I'm not going to covet, I'm not going to steal, I'm not going to profane God. That took care of it. I don't have to sit here and repeat the Ten Commandments over and over. I just say, God, did I love you well today? Did I love my neighbor well today? Did I love myself well today? That covers it all. Because if I can love those three that he gave me, him, you, and me, then I fulfilled everything else. Because I will live out of that love, right? So when we think about these things, and these are just deposits for now. We may talk about it more, but we've got to remember context of scripture we have to clean the lenses which we're looking for looking through as we read scripture and we have to understand what stops at the cross and what goes through the cross and those are the kind of things as you read you know you're just asking the Lord show me and he is a good teacher he is a great communicator And he will be able to take you to a place where you have the superfluous teachings out and the truth of the word brought into clear sight. Which brings you, what does it do? It brings us into the depths of Jesus that he has for us. You can't have a deep relationship if you don't know who he is. You can't have a deep relationship if you don't believe what the word says. You can't have a deep relationship if you're not willing to rid yourself of the sin that is pulling you down. You can't have a deep relationship unless you say, Jesus, whatever it is that ain't right, correct it for me. And whatever it is that I'm looking through wrongly, fix it for me. And whatever I understand of the word, build on it. Expand it. Let it grow. Let it become such a life within me that what comes out of my mouth is a rendition of the word. It may not be a spiritual quote, but I live and breathe out of the word so when I speak and when I work and when I drive and when I talk to people I am releasing the Jesus that I know intimately from out of me. Right? amen amen okay so that's it everybody okay okay well i think what we ought to do we're just going to pray for a minute and then uh chuck's going to tell us what we're going to do i was going to tell you what we're going to do but he knows but let me just let's just pray spend a few minutes and just ask the lord to speak to you and then uh i'll just close us in a final prayer thank you lord thank you lord Hmm. Jesus, I just feel like this is a springboard for us. Like we've been diving off the the low dive, but now we're going all the way up and taking the high dive. And we're diving into the depths of the living water. And the living water is just saturating us. You are saturating us. So, God, just thank you that that your heart is to refine, define, and heal us of anything that's... uh, uh, invading our space but more than anything lord you want to reveal the living water so when we speak that's what flows out of us so for each one of us and everybody listening online and everybody who you guys will listen to it in the future Just know that Jesus is going to answer your cry to go deep with him and walk in a pure and holy and righteous life where sin will surprise you and holiness will be your your main step. So, Jesus, we just thank you for your blood. And we thank you that we live hidden in you. And we just bless you. Amen.